Would you like to strengthen your marriage, encourage your children, and grow your family relationships? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he ignites the flame in your heart for your family. One of the great privileges that I have in this webcast is to be able to have dear friends, and we have some great friends, of course all of you know, my sweetheart, <laughs> Tex is over here, and, and uh, she's, she and I will be hosting this today, but we have some really wonderful friends, Bill and Holly Ellip, and we just have... Um, appreciated your friendship, and I just say this publicly, thank you just for being friends, and it's it's just um, a blessing, and I, you know, one thing about family life, we're not going to go down this road, but I think it's great when uh, couples can have friends, or couples who you just share your, have a similar heart, and share your hearts with, but we want to get to know, and I want everybody to get to know you, because you guys have just meant a lot to us, and uh, so why don't you tell us, uh, first of all, a little bit about yourself and your family. Okay, well, it's great to be with you guys, and uh, of course, my wife Holly and I—we we have eight kids. Yeah, so, what do you do with your time? Well, this is—we're uh, <laughs> the mother and father of a multitude, like Abraham. So, uh, anyway, they're they're from uh, age nine to twenty something. And, uh, Billy actually one day called me from some government office where he was filing something and said. Okay, I've got the first three. Yeah. <laughs> I knew their names. I had, had their names. He had names, but he, had, he could not have told you when they were born or how old they were. Yeah, but nice. they're at currently almost 10 to 28. Yeah. Oh, my. So that's great. Crowd. Wow. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Must be exciting times right it's now. It's never dull moment. Yeah. Tell me um, how y'all met. We met in uh, church, really, in school uh, when we were in the ninth, eighth or ninth grade, and uh, we dated a little bit. Uh, I actually sat behind him in homeroom from seventh grade to ninth grade, but he didn't notice me until ninth grade. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. I was pretty, right. pretty stuck-up kid. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we we dated a little bit, you know, a little high school dating, then she moved away, and then we moved, uh, she came back. Uh, chasing me, I think, to college, and uh, oh, of course she was dating another guy. At the time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that, but uh, and God had done a uh, real work of brokenness in my life in my last year of high school, and I came to college just ready to go, you know, and excited about the Lord, and uh, that had not happened in Holly's life, and but we were tremendously attracted to each other, but we were. We were not on the same page. We were and, together all the time, and we but we to had together. gone two different directions. But yeah. we'd get together, and I just it was just we weren't in sync. And then, uh, actually, a dear friend that you know, uh, Sammy Jack Taylor, yes, came to our campus, and uh, during that season of our of our freshman year, which was a time of revival on our campus, God really did a work of brokenness in Holly's heart. And when when He did, boy, it was just all she wrote, we were, uh, our hearts, our inner heart, you know, our spirits were knit together. And uh, and so we got engaged not too long after that and been married now for 33 years. So that was uh, <laughs> 33 years ago. Give me the math on that. His number only goes to 12. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's actually 32, but and you're close. Years. Yeah, almost. Almost. Exactly. Well, now... So this work of revival, this because you know our, our hearts. That's how we really connected was right. through the conferences on revival over the years. I think the first time I don't know was probably at the conference at Little Rock. And I, yeah. one of the things that I failed to tell everyone is that you are the pastor of Summit Church and right. Little Rock, uh, mm-hmm. 
Arkansas. And so, uh, uh, and the Lord is just doing a great thing. And I've been there with you, with you, and I uh, mm-hmm. just appreciate what the Lord is doing mm-hmm. in you, in the church there. Uh, before, I want to get into some of your family background, which, I mean, with eight children, what you hope to see, and we want to talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit. But, uh, before we go there, what would you say is been the most, and, and you've got the brokenness, the unity with the Lord, but what, on top of that, what would be the one thing that has been helpful in your marriage and your family? What would each of you say to, the, to that? Uh, go ahead. I, uh, I think um, probably two things come to mind. One is honesty with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ability to just talk through what God is doing in our life. We've been through some times that were not really fun and um, and they were tough moments and being able to just be honest with each other about how we were processing those things and what God was saying to our hearts um, I think is real valuable. Being able to communicate about that stuff and then I think a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Being able to laugh when it gets so crazy that you have no idea what God is doing. Tex laughs at me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> not a half shoot. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, I'm learning some family principles. Right, yeah, right. right. I don't keep picking up on this. <laughs> yeah, and especially with children. Oh, oh you yeah. know. Uh, I mean, we've been, especially with our husbands, too. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Especially right. with our kids. Get away from that. <laughs> but we have been... Uh, unable to really control our life for so long mm-hmm. that I think those two things, you know, That's have good. been real valuable. That's good. I think for me, you know, uh, a, a, a great friend of mine right after I got married said, did you enjoy dating your wife? I said, well, I loved it. He said, well, why don't you keep doing that? Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, that's a great thought. And so for 33 years now, We've gone out on a date every week, and and that's that's just one little device, uh, and it may be going to a store, you know, it may be just going out to eat or something. But without the eight kids, without the kids, <laughs> but it, but the point of that is this: is uh, we have I think cultivated talking to each other a lot, uh, and we what we primarily do on those dates was uh, ask questions and find out what's going on and. In each other's life, and so I, I think uh, we talk about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot, and and I think that communication is is really really critical. And then I think, secondly, um, you know, just the strength of any marriage to me is the strength of each of our personal relationship with the Lord. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I've uh, really messed up in my life, or as a husband or as a dad, not being what I ought to do, if I'm if I'm spending time with the Lord uh, in His Word daily, uh, God has the chance to reprove me and correct mm-hmm. me and train me in righteousness, and then I can come back to my wife and clear my conscience, and you know I know what to do. So I, I think I think what what constantly brings us back to to where we need to be is just personal, individual time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tell people a lot of times that the strength of your 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 relationship is going to be the strength of the wife's personal relationship with Christ and the husband's personal relationship mm-hmm. with Christ. Mm-hmm. Because if you both have that, then you're connected to one head, mm-hmm. uh, one mind that's going to flow through the different 
different parts of the body. You know, my arms go different ways, but they're in unity because they're connected to one head. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so you know, uh, and this is not religious talk. I mean, this mm-hmm. is real talk. Right, <laughs> you know, right. This is where we're, we're talking about a real relationship. Right. If I were not in ministry. I can tell you right now, it wouldn't matter. I, I need that relationship with the Lord. Exactly. Text means that. Yeah. Interesting, you might mention, you know, it's, we've had a two or three interviews like this, and we've asked the same question. And those two things, mm-hmm. the communication and the relationship with the Lord, is in every single interview of a good family mm-hmm. life. Where I'm, and when I say good family, I'm talking about where there's strong family units that mm-hmm. love the Lord, love each other, and are growing in their relationship. A healthy family. Right, yeah. right. And it, those two elements are always mm-hmm. there. I'm sorry, hon. What were you going to... I was just saying on the prayer, uh, I know when Sammy and I maybe are at odds or can't mm-hmm. come together, one of the things when we go, both go to our knees and pray, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, he changes both of our hearts, mm-hmm. not necessarily the right or the wrong, but he changes mm-hmm. both of our hearts to say, well, I'm willing to listen to what the other one says at this mm-hmm. point, and I'm also mm-hmm. willing to say I'm wrong or mm-hmm. you're right, or, mm-hmm. and ask forgiveness. And so yeah. that has really brought unity in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, let me um, let me flip this question. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that was the easy question. Okay, <laughs> what what area do do you find that you struggle in the most to mm-hmm. to really build your marriage? What's the biggest thing that you say, man? Oh man, this is really tough. Mm-hmm. Well, we are we are very different people. Uh, I, I was joking a little while ago. I mean, I'm I'm high grace. Holly's high truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so uh, almost everything we come at, we come from two totally different perspectives. Now we have the same values mm-hmm. and the same passions, same heart. But she sees this side. I see this side. And I think if you don't if you don't embrace that as a value in your relationship, you you got real conflict. And we, I mean, honestly, our our relationship is not this real placid, you know, sweet syrupy, <laughs> never argue. You know, I hear guys say, well, I've never had an argument with my wife. I said, Reverend well, Ellen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What is that? But, discussions. Uh, discussions. <laughs> We've had a lot of discussions in our lives. But uh, I think what, what uh, helps us get to where we need to be is recognizing I, I need her mm-hmm. uh, s- sense of, of truth and she needs my sense of grace to balance each other. If we if we work if we can get in the same harness, we're a pretty good team, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I, I I wonder sometimes where I would be if I didn't have her balancing my life, you know. I think for me maybe. Um Anytime my focus is on myself, um, mm-hmm. or I choose to demand something I think is my right, mm-hmm. and will not release it to the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, then you know, then my focus is not where it needs to be, and I am demanding things of Billy that he can't always do for me. Mm-hmm. Some of those things need to come from the Lord, mm-hmm. and it takes, like Tex said a minute ago, it takes me realizing I've got to get to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, even Billy can't resolve those issues in my heart. Mm-hmm. That's something I've got to get to God with. And mm-hmm. so I think any time my focus gets, to, especially with eight kids and a husband in ministry, if I ever get where the focus is on what I need rather than on what God is doing in my mm-hmm. life, then I get out of balance. Which goes back to that 
principle you were sharing that, you know, and, and, and the interesting thing for me is Christ at the top and you're growing towards him. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting thing to me about what you've shared uh, in the very beginning was that, you know, when y'all really were attracted to each other was when the brokenness was in both of your hearts. Right. And, Absolutely. And, and, and Christ was flowing. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing, you know, because you we normally clash at our point of strengths. Mm-hmm. And what God wants us to do is complement mm-hmm. each other. And um <laughs> Tex and I, I you, 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 you verify or not verify this, son, but uh, I think that when when our kids were growing up, I was Mr. Prophet and she was Miss Mercy. Mm-hmm. And the, then now that we have grandkids, she's <laughs> <laughs> disciplined and I'm Mr. Grace. I mean, we've got granddaughters and nephews now, and I'm having to say, now, Sammy, you have to behave. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We, we just that's have great. a lot of fun. But yeah. let's, let's turn this uh, table a little bit. I know that you have a great heritage, and, mm-hmm. and not everyone listening has a heritage, and praise God, because you start the heritage. Somebody's right. got to start right. it, right. you know, the heritage. It begins with somebody saying, I'm going to live for the Lord, I'm going to serve the Lord, and I'm going to teach my Children, mm-hmm. the ways of God, and, and go. Mm-hmm. But I know. I think sometimes we're living off the heritage. Many of us are mm-hmm. of our our parents, grandparents, mm-hmm. and and uh, I, mm-hmm. I've heard a little bit of the story of yours. Mm-hmm. Tell us uh, a little of your heritage. Well, it's a it's a a real great story to me because and it gives hope to people. I think mm-hmm. uh, a couple of generations back, my I had a, a great grandmother who was a believer but a great-grandfather who was not a Christian. Mm. And she had prayed for him for a long time. He had not come to the Lord. They they moved from the uh, East Tennessee to go out west and ended up in Oklahoma Territory. And she got sick and, and was dying. And so she said, please don't let me die in this wild Indian Territory. Mm. And they, uh, they got on the solar farm got on a train in Fort Smith and were going back to East Tennessee and she began to die. They laid her out on the train. Mm. And we have all this written in a in a letter. Uh and my granddad knelt down beside her and she said, I'm going to die and I want you to promise me two things. One, that you'll give your life to Christ and they had two little children. And two, that you'll raise our children for Christ. Mm. And she died. And his testimony was that he stayed on his knees a long time and got up a Christian. Wow. And uh, so he uh, he went back to Tennessee, buried his wife, uh, married a Christian woman after that. They had several children. One of those was my granddad, who became a preacher. And my granddad had one son and daughter, uh, my father, who became a preacher. My dad had four kids, and there are three of us boys. We're all preachers, and mm. one sister who married a preacher. Mm. And now there are 17 uh, grandchildren, uh, and uh, 10 of those at this point are pastors or missionaries in, in the well, ministry. In some ministry. In some ministry. Yeah. And, and, and the thing about this, I, I tell this every once in a while, Sammy, to wives who are praying for their lost husbands. Yeah. And saying, we can't have a Christian home. We can't have a heritage because my husband is an unbeliever. Well, you just don't know. And so if you will be the one who faithfully walks with Christ, you, you, you never know. I mean, that's not that far removed. That's not that far away. And God has, uh, given quite a, 
heritage and a, and a sphere of influence for for the Lord through our family that's just all by His grace that came from one godly wife who prayed for her husband. And I might say that uh, your brother Tom was pastor of First Southern Baptist Church of Dell City, which right. I'm guessing is probably the largest Southern Baptist Church in Oklahoma, or one uh, of the largest in Oklahoma. Or, yeah, I think it probably was largest. one of the largest for sure. Yeah, and then, and, and then mm-hmm. uh, uh, your well, brother-in-law. He had an influence on our life before we knew you. I mean, right? Since you yeah. have the circle, mm-hmm. yeah. you never know what, where yeah. it's going to lead. Yeah. Right. And, and, and yeah. so all of that whole Oklahoma territory mm-hmm. has been impacted mm-hmm. uh, and even spread. Here you're in Arkansas, just right yeah. next door. And, uh, I mean, just, you know. The, well, you the know impact. what's amazing? My dad pastored in, and, and ministered in three primary areas, in Kansas City, Missouri, Little Rock, Arkansas, and Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. And and the three of us boys, we realized this the other day. Mm-hmm. Jim is in Kansas City. I'm in Little Rock, and Tom's in Oklahoma. Well, wow. by the providence of God, He's kind of extended my dad's ministry. I think you know, and it's just it's just interesting. Now, now you that. did something. You told me right before you, we're we're here at the Cove at the right. Billy Graham Center, and uh, you did something right before you came here that I thought was very interesting, and I think personally would be a great thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. for any couple oh, to yeah. do with their family. Tell us about what you did. I'm telling you, we we took my 88-year-old dad, who was a pastor, my brothers and I and my sister last week on a three-day road trip, and we we drove 1,500 miles, uh, primarily through Arkansas, and went to every church that my granddad pastored where my dad grew up, where he pastored, uh, where mm-hmm. God called him to preach, where he first preached his first message where he was saved and baptized and uh, visited all those places. And in every place we would, my dad would say, well, let's just don't get, let's don't get out. Let's just drive through here. There's nothing here. And we said, no, dad, we're going to stop. And we'd get out and all of a sudden the heritage of his life and his grandparents and parents would come out and what God had done. We get it all, we videotaped all of it. And God would just give us a moment at each spot, and it was just an incredible. We finished uh, standing um, two two little spots that I'll tell you. My granddad never owned a home till the last four or five years of his life, and he bought a little old uh, frame house that hmm. wasn't worth much, you know. But uh, he wrote in a little biography statement. He said, uh, "It's a humble home, but the Lord is with me." Mm-hmm. And uh, and in that home, to me. Uh, which that's where I remember my granddad most was one of the most blessed places I ever knew. You know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was just a, a a simple thing. And then the last place we went was we stood by a creek in Lavaca, Arkansas, which is a little mm-hmm. farming community, where my granddad was in a meeting in his church that he preached, where uh, 177 people were saved. And he baptized 108 people in 63 minutes. Wow. And 1,700 wow. people came by count into the pasture where he baptized at Bash Gash Creek. Wow. So we're standing down there, and it was just a God, it was just a God thing, you know, moment. And that happened a couple times in my dad's. He, he my granddad pastored small churches. Hmm. Uh, but we were we were all standing there by that that creek, and uh, I thought, you know what, we need to walk worthy of our heritage. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's 
God has invested things here, and we need to we need to uh, uh, be faithful to carry this on. And, and you know, in the Old Testament, it talks about writing on the foreheads of your children. You know, passing right. on those things, and and we have a way. What you guys have done, I think, is just tremendous. Both my parents are, are gone. My father mm-hmm. died uh, when he was in his fifties, and mm-hmm. I was young, and uh, and and my mother died a number of years ago, and. And I, I wish that uh, I could have, uh, there are a lot of things I wish I could have found out from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know now that I didn't know then, you know. Right. And, uh, and, and one of the saddest things I think is for someone not to know and, and, and find out, because once they're gone, that's it. Yeah. And then that's not to put anyone on a guilt trip, because like I said, my, my parents are gone and, and I, mm-hmm. and I didn't get, I mean, I didn't even know basic things of my own race, mm-hmm. uh, you know, right. from my, from my mm-hmm. parents. But so nobody needs to be on a guilt trip about that, but, I'm just saying, if you do have that opportunity to to take your parents and, and just say, "Hey, tell me what happened mm-hmm. here," uh, even if they're not believers, to, to understand wh- where they came from, I think Absolutely. is a healthy thing. Tell I, us. My, let me tell you one other thing. My brother Tom said he was standing at the graveside. He was a missionary in Zimbabwe for a while. He was standing at the graveside of an old Zimbabwean man, and another Zimbabwean pastor uh, came up to him and said, "Tom." Uh, he said, when, when an old man dies, a library is burned. Hmm. That a great story. When an old man dies, a library is burned. Yeah. So we need to seize whether our parents are believers or non-believers. Mm-hmm. That's, we have learned from them. We, there's stuff we yeah. need to know. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys want to and how do you pass on this heritage? We, you know, I know that no person uh, becomes a Christian just because their parents are Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has a lot of children, multitudes of children, but not one grandchild mm-hmm. in, the, in the spiritual sense and born mm-hmm. again. Uh, so this tension between in the heritage and our own personal relationship, how do you, how can you, how can we, how can the parents here who are listening, mm-hmm. how can they pass on to their children uh, this, knowing that the children must make the decision. So, right. th- this tension. Um, I, I think it's really critical for kids to understand that regardless of what my relationship with the Lord is like, I can't give them my relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, even as very young children, I think they can come to know that they can know God for themselves, mm-hmm. that there's some point when, like in the story of Samuel, which I love, um, that God is going to come to that child and knock on the door of their heart and say, I want to rule in your life. And then they have the opportunity to make the same choice I made when I was young to allow him to rule in their life. And so we're, we talk a lot with our kids about that moment. Our kids are all praying right now for Jessica, our youngest, mm. who's not yet a believer but loves the Lord. And she knows in her head that she wants to follow the Lord. And she's waiting on that moment when he says, God Jessica, this is the moment I want you to come follow me. And we've talked about Samuel, you know, mm. when God initiated that moment. And he said, okay, Lord, here I am. And so uh, I think imparting to your kids the understanding that this is a choice you have to make. Uh-huh. Uh, we can't make it for you. No. And even as you walk as a believer, we can't make you do the right things. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that thing of understanding that their responsibility in every circumstance uh-huh. is not to do it because mom and dad want them to do it, 
sometimes that's a healthy pressure but ultimately they've got to learn as they get older to get to God in every circumstance and allow mm -hmm. him to, to rule mm -hmm. Tex, as a mother what would you say to that I mean how, what what one thing do you feel uh, in imparting to the children helping the children come to know Christ um, I think to me the thing that drew me as an 18 year old was seeing Jesus in other people's lives mm -hmm. what you're talking mm -hmm. about I just you know, uh, I was reared in church, and yet still there wasn't that relationship with Jesus. I knew about him, knew the church situation, did all the right things. So I think with our kids, because I had walked through that, uh, I didn't want them just to walk through the mechanics, right. you know. And so we would we would do like y'all. We would share the Bible stories and try to make them real and do, you know, just different things that would make them have that kind of, help them to have that thirst and hunger. Mm -hmm. And to me, so I think them seeing Jesus in me even in my imperfections and when I was wrong to go to him and say you know I was wrong that's not what Jesus wanted me to do you know and just being real and open and honest with him in my relationship with Jesus and, and the reality of that and was just in everyday life yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and I think for pastors and and guys in ministry like us mm -hmm. it's really easy I think for not necessarily from us although it could come from the pastor or the, mm -hmm. but it's easy for the people around you to tell the children you gotta be this way because look at your dad you know mm -hmm. and one of the things I think we did was we released them from that we, we said this is this is what we want for you not because I'm in ministry but because this is what Jesus wants right. for you, you absolutely know? and that was real important yeah we had something happen uh, last Sunday Easter Sunday whenever that was now mm -hmm. but uh, <clears throat> we um, I baptized a lady from a Muslim background mm -hmm. and um, one of the local churches in San Antonio. I, I'm not a pastor, I'm an evangelist. Mm -hmm. and so I, uh, this Muslim lady from uh, Iranian background mm -hmm. had come to Christ and she wanted me to baptize her and the church was very gracious to invite me in. Mm -hmm. So my son and uh, his wife and, and two kids came to the service mm -hmm. over at that church and and our granddaughters are two and a half and four and a half and the two and a half went into the nursery but they brought, brought the four and a half in to see the uh, mm -hmm. uh, baptism, and it was really interesting to see her interest and in trying to figure <laughs> out what was going on. Because they started the service with me baptizing, mm -hmm. and they they call me Grand Grand. She said, mm -hmm. What's Grand Grand? <laughs> They're in this white church, but she's in a white robe, you know. And uh, but but uh, I think those kind of things, just taking opportunities mm -hmm. that that are there that stimulate questions and, and sharing out mm -hmm. real life things. I think, you know, you know uh, the teachable moments mm -hmm. and relating all of life to Christ, to His Word. I mean, whenever we discipline, whenever we talk about what's going on in our neighborhood, we don't, it's not a preachy Sunday school league deal, but we just say, you know what, this is what, this is how we live our life and we're living here in the midst of this community to help people see Christ. Mm -hmm. Did they see Christ? And you, when you, you know, slugged him, uh, is that what, you know, and so, uh, I think seizing all of the possible teachable moments, and I think also then, uh, helping, when I sense, and when we sense that God is going to be somewhere, you know, in a meeting, or bringing those kids in there, making sure they're exposed to the presence of Christ so they can yeah. feel that, you know, what that's like. And a third thing, I think those formal moments that you that you orchestrate, we, we've done a lot with our family and honestly with our extended family 
of kind of corporate moments. Uh, I know every Thanksgiving uh, we have all the Ella family together, and we usually have a three to four or five hour deal where we we think about what we're going to do. The older people do. We we it's a lot of fun, you know. But we we share uh, uh, truth, and we uh, I know one year we. Uh, I actually kind of wrote a poem and we about our legacy and we gave it to all of our kids and grandkids and we we laid hands on them and we prayed mm-hmm. for them you know and and uh, so I think that gives children a sense of destiny mm-hmm. uh, that they're part of a big movement yeah. uh, you know that's, that's one thing with us when we the ministry that God's called us into we've been able to travel all just all over the world mm-hmm. and our kids have come back to us and said you know just hearing some of the testimonies oh, that we, mm-hmm. you know, just exposing them to other people that mm-hmm. love Jesus and mm-hmm. uh, have a, maybe a different heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But it's it's been neat to see how God used that in their lives personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, Listen, we this has been fun. We go on all day, but we got to yeah. stop here, and uh, <laughs> and we just appreciate. Uh, you don't want to see my pictures of all my. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we have uh, eight we'll, by ten. We'll, we'll do a, what do you call it? Uh, Write to me. My mind is blank. I can't think of one of those presentations where the slides Slide show PowerPoint. 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 Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, uh, listen, thank you guys so much. Thank we you. just appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And uh, God bless you. And think about some of these things. Share this uh, video with some of your friends who have eight children. And I know it will be helpful <laughs> to them. God bless you guys. All right. We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit sammytippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals, and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith, your love of family, and a passion to reach others.